Leadership is an enigma. It is something that most people expect a lot from and think they know what it is. But when pressed to express how you go about leading or what the playbook should look like, very few can give you an answer. This podcast is from a discussion with Ricardo Mesquita, an up-and-coming millennial leader who wanted to delve deeper into the dynamics of leadership. Rick is on a quest to know what aspiring leaders can do differently to make a positive and meaningful impact with their time and effort and not get caught in the trap of desperate speculation and spending a career following the wrong approach. This is a five-part series, so here's part one and a candid look at the problem with this enigma we call leadership. So Rick, here's a large part of the problem with this thing we call leadership, this enigma, this element that we have such a love-hate relationship with. To highlight this, we're going to need to look at five points. And if those responsible for leaders can get to deal with these points, then I believe it'll go a long way to resolving a whole lot of the leadership-related problems we have. There's one more thing I want to add before we dive deeper into this. And it's if we can address these points, it'll help to tap into the huge talent pool of potential leaders out there, especially the millennials. Now, we know they are fast becoming the new generation of leaders, but they are going to have to take the lead in what is undeniably a rapidly changing, fast-paced, and increasingly complex landscape. So this is the way I see it. If this talent pool and those responsible for them don't address these problematic points, then it will become a matter of continuing to subscribe to a model that has been largely ineffective for so long. Now, if those who are given the responsibility to lead others are not equipped with an effective model, then despite everyone's most optimistic expectations, we're simply going to get failures occurring across so many levels because of the new pressures. The result is that those who could have tapped into the potential and could have been great will be losing out on what could have been and they'll become overstressed, desperate, ineffective and ultimately relegated to the pool of average or poor performers. And then where we are expecting leaders, we'll be getting something less desirable. Here's the first point that needs to be considered. What leadership is, is not understood by those who take on these roles, and it's even less understood by those who follow these people. But I also have to say this. It's my viewpoint that it's not understood by those responsible for identifying, appointing, and training up the people who are needed to fill these roles. You see, it's this lack of understanding from all sides that gives rise to the way in which we loosely use the term leadership. And it's also what drives our different perceptions and the incorrect opinions of what leadership actually is. And I think a good question to ask is this, do you know why you lead? Because if you know why you lead, the answer to what leadership is should become a lot more clearer. But here's the thing, where does this lack of understanding stem from? A really good place to start would be with broader humanity and its propensity to self-sabotage. You see, we have ourselves to blame in so many ways because we almost recklessly do things in our modern pop culture that lead to confusing ourselves. And then in the process, it diminishes our ability to truly understand things. And because of this, we tend to sabotage the very things we try to pursue. For instance, the always connected access to seemingly unlimited information, well, as good as it is in many aspects, has unfortunately created a superficial knowledge of things. It's this quick, easily digestible information that we surf for that comes at the cost of truly understanding the basics or the fundamentals behind something. In other words, We know something about a topic, and we put it in a box and label it and then walk away. But we don't really know anything about it beyond this superficiality. I recall that someone once said, I know just enough to be a danger to myself and others. 
Now, if we take this statement and add denial or arrogance into the mix, then we hit the lowest levels of superficial knowledge and truly become a danger to ourselves and others. But somehow in all of this, we can still justify it all. After all, life is so fast-paced and pressurized that we are okay with skimming over things, aren't we? I mean, placing them in a box, adding a convenient knowledge label, and then believing that we can grab it out of the box at any time and use it like a seasoned professional. But here's the thing with anything superficial. It doesn't have depth or traction or sustainability. Because as the pace gets faster and the road with its challenges becomes tougher, it's those who choose to dig deeper than the surface knowledge and get to understand the fundamentals and the basics who will always be the ones to get ahead while the rest watch from the sidelines. And that's because when the chips are down, the solid effective solutions will always come from the deeper understanding and not where superficiality reigns. But I want to change things up a bit. As if superficial knowledge is not enough on its own, we've also added something else into the mix, and it's the widespread practice of changing the meaning of words. So for example, what used to be good, nice or cool is now sick, and yet sick medically still remains sick. So is it any wonder that when we look at anything we've assigned multiple meanings to, and especially when they are contrary to one another, we're confused and fail to understand the true fundamentals of anything? Now management and leadership suffer from the same malaise. But we'll dive deeper into that in a minute. Now when things go wrong in this self-induced confusion, why are we surprised when we stand bewildered and confused and don't really know how something got to that state or what to do to effectively fix it? After all, if we change the name of a screwdriver to a hammer and have therefore confused how or what it should be used for, we shouldn't be surprised when we find a yard littered with broken screwdrivers and injured artisans. So what does this have to do with leadership? You see, leadership is predominantly about human dynamics. And this is a realm that very few take the time and effort to look into, or to understand or become equipped in. Yet it constitutes more than 90% of what the leader's function is. And this is where it all goes wrong for those in positions that require leading others. We have a lot of superficial knowledge about leadership and an incorrect frame of reference to boot. Now there's so much written about leadership, both good and bad, but I must state largely good. But because we lack the basic fundamentals, even the good stuff is often used out of context. And because of this, the end result is normally a bigger mess than the original state. You see, both getting it right and fixing it if it goes wrong is difficult. And that's because when you don't understand the basics of this human dynamics realm, it reduces you to a state of desperately grabbing at anything that looks like it can help you. But you somehow know that all this is, is subscribing to a hit and miss approach. Now, in a similar way to the pop culture issues, we have unwittingly taken something that's only one part of the leadership mix, which is management, and boxed it and labeled it as leadership. So what we've done is we've broadly designated or labeled leadership roles with manager titles. For instance, a general manager, sales manager, financial manager, and so on. But what we've done is we've failed to realize that this function is primarily to lead others, who in turn manage all the relevant processes. Now, we don't hear of a general leader, sales leader, or financial leader, and the reasons are probably obvious why not. But the fact remains that through this practice of removing the word or the terminology leader or leadership or incorrectly assigning it to something else, we've gone and removed the leadership attribute from the role and in its place instilled the management attribute and along with it, its methods, tools, and approaches. We've also taken the title or label of leader and assigned it primarily to those in the domain of the topmost positions, whether that's in business or politics, and we've gone and given them almost rock star or godlike status. And in doing this, we've removed from our thinking and attitudes that leadership resides at all levels and in any setting, both formal and informal, and in any scenario. 
And because of this, we are failing to properly equip and empower those whom we expect to lead, purely because we've designated that label to those who sit right at the top of the mound. Now, management is not a position or a title. It's a function of leading others. Every manager is firstly a leader of others, and complementary to this and interwoven into it are the facets of management processes that serve to guide how you technically do what you do. The result of this loss of leader designation when taking on the manager role, especially within formal settings such as organizations and business, is that it breeds many of the collateral problems associated with bad leadership or a lack thereof. Now, just a final thought. If you don't know what something is, then it becomes easy for any cheap or nasty imitation to masquerade as the real thing. And in desperation, remember, we'll grab for this illusion and use it. And herein lies the problem with a lack of leadership. For too long now, people have been confusing managing with leading because they don't really know what leadership is. And the result is that people are not being led, and worse yet, in many cases, they are being misled. In part two, we'll take a look at the second point and how the realm of leadership is easily hijacked by the dark triad.